tooth and claw. We got our Happy end of the year episode. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Yeah. Uh, we made it to another year. That was the yeah. goal. At the start of last year was just to make it one more year. So we've we done did it. it. Yeah. As a podcast <laughs> or like as a, a live human beings? Both. Uh, yeah, mm. both. All right. Two yeah. for one. Mm-hmm. If this ends, we end. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably true. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I'll make that <laughs> pact. Yeah. So my psychiatrist who just like got me on Adderall recently said it's uh-huh. like good to take breaks from it every once in a while. So I figured like Christmas, I don't have a lot to do, so I'll take a break. And then I didn't take it today either, so I'm not going to listen to anything you guys say. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Fine. Cold turkey. <laughs> but I couldn't find my AirPods anywhere today. And then I like remembered that I have fine, like I just recently discovered you can do like find my AirPods. And it, like, plays a sound. So I'd been, like, playing a sound all over the place and couldn't hear it anywhere, you know? Uh-huh. So I went and, like, looked in my car, couldn't hear it. And then, like, I remember doing laundry, so I just played it by the laundry room. And I heard it outside of our apartment. But I was, like, close enough to it that I could hear it. So uh-huh. I, like, kept playing it, and it was, like, in the trash. <laughs> so then I had to, like, open up my trash, and I had thrown them away. But... Luckily, I was also on, wasn't taking Adderall, so I didn't do anything, so I forgot to take the trash out, because today was wow. the day to take the trash out. Oh, yeah. good. <laughs> so I could have, yeah. like, really messed it up. Yeah. So yeah. They should make a movie out of your life. Hurt me and saved it. What would you call it? The Crazy Adventures of Jeff. Forrest yeah. Gump. Jeff's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah, Forrest yeah. Gump, too. <laughs> <laughs> Prequel or sequel, I don't know. <laughs> Life is like a bag of Taco Bell. Uh, uh, that's crazy. I'm glad you found them. Those aren't yeah. cheap. No, that no. would have been bad. And yours are, yours are pretty new, too. You didn't yeah. get them long ago. Mm-mm. All right. Well, good job, Jeff. Thanks. I hope you would rewarded yourself with a little treat, a little Christmas treat. <laughs> some extra yeah. Adderall. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I could use some extra Adderall. You know, today we put this, like, we were kind of deciding whether or not we wanted to do an episode today. We kind of, I felt like all three of us were maybe thinking about taking a little break, releasing some of the subscriber episodes to the main, recording something quick for our subscribers, but we just decided to go for it. And I'll be completely honest with you guys. I had a hard time focusing today. A real Ooh, hard time. Thanks for being honest. Yeah. And then it's I had to you water. Didn't get your yearly Christmas dip. That's true. I didn't dip in the year, in the, in the water this year, in the river. Um, see, I can't even say river. That's how bad I am today. Year, yeah. yeah, you're all scattywampus <laughs> right now. Also, I had to give Jesse's horses some water, and the hoses were all frozen. So that oh, took a long wow. time to sort out. Yeah. Um, did you go down the whole hose rubbing them house. like this to warm it up? I did. <laughs> yeah. My really? Making a jerking off motion. That's I not, did. I yeah, mean, I that's your interpretation of what I was doing. I had to push the ice to the end of the hose, and then I like stomped on it, and then I took like a long screwdriver and poked in there to try and clear it out and it worked Mm. but one of the hoses just like jerking off yeah (laughs) just like jerking off (laughs) one of the hoses was a little too frozen so i like was probably 15 feet from the where their water was so i had to spray it using my thumb and it's pretty cold and so my and and it's a lot of water it takes like 20 minutes 
So my thumb just went completely numb. But here I am. Oh, I'm wow. Alive. Yeah. Uh, Jeff's story uh, was more water, interesting. Those horses got water. Yeah, you I'm beat sure. the odds, Wes. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, started out low and still won. Yeah, I could let did. me come up with something real boring to share. It's a low bar. <laughs> I got the Taco yeah. Bell thing happened to me again that you always hate when oh, I tell the, you that story. The sauce pack. I went oh, today. Something that you love. They took where away. They, where I forget that I want to get sauce packs, and then they ask me if I want <laughs> sauce packs, and then they still don't give them to me. Oh man, There's they gotta have like your picture your... by their window or something. <laughs> like at every <laughs> every Taco don't Bell has a picture of Jeff's. There's so it's so necessary too. It really is. Did I ever yeah. tell you guys about the story of Taco Bell sauce when I was in high school and what I did to the guy's car? No. <laughs> so, like in high school, I was kind of a little dickhead, and I went to Taco Bell one day for lunch with some high school buddies. And we took some like hot sauce Taco Bell packets and we went out in the parking lot and we just put them on the ground and we're like jumping on them so they would squirt out all over everything. And we didn't realize that we were just painting this dude's car with Taco Bell sauce. And it was winter too, so it was just like, I'm sure it was freezing on there and everything. And then we realized it and we quickly went back into the store and we were eating our tacos as fast as we could. And this guy just comes in and he's like, who the fuck? sprayed taco bell sauce <laughs> all over my car and we're all just like put our heads down and then he he just like stormed back outside but anyway wow that's that's neither here nor there but it's a little story <laughs> he could have killed you he could have but here we are we're all alive and i so feel wait. bad if you're listening i'm sorry i sprayed taco bell sauce all over your car if that was neither here nor there, did it just happen in some kind of vacuum in the space-time continuum? It did. Is some it did. like it's alternate dimension? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. We're kind of we're kind of doing a weird space-time thing cuz we're recording this in 2023, but it's going to be 2024 when it comes out. That's time travel. It is. Whoa. Yeah. Are you sure? All right. <laughs> yeah, it comes out on January 1st, I believe. Hmm. Is that a Monday? I think that's a Monday. Yeah, it does. All right. Anyway. Okay. Well, let's get into our story. We can just ramble on about this and time travel. I mean, how are we going to talk what the to do and Taco not to Bell do? sauce story? It's pretty though. hard. Yeah. Let's just quit here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so today I, I wanted to throw something together. I kind of wanted just to pick an animal that we'd done, but a good story, but maybe one where we didn't necessarily have to go into a lot of biology or facts because we've got a lot of categories, year end categories that we want to get to. So I ended up picking mountain lions. I think this is a time of year where a lot of our listeners live in places where bears are hibernating, but there's still mountain lions out. And it's an animal that people still think about when they're out in the woods this time of year. That's um, kind of a new thought that's interesting is like, I guess mountain lions kind of are like the top predator for a few months yeah. of the year while bears are out hibernating, huh? Them and wolves, yeah, it depends. If there's wolves uh, where they yeah. are, then wolves are still top dog. But um, otherwise, although because there there has been mountain lions are cats and wolves yeah. are dogs. There's been they're canis. Some studies lupus. that show that mountain lions kill wolves, which is pretty crazy. Oh so, wow, we talked. I would about say that mountain, once, Yeah, mountain lions probably are top dog, if you will. Mm. Uh, all right. So anyway, I was. I bought this book not long ago. It's called Cat Attacks. It's all about mountain lion attacks and kind of like the science behind them. Uh, it's by Joe Dubarock and Dean Miller. And 
I was like, you know what? I'm just going to open up that book and see what I can find. And I found a story. And as I was going through it, I'm like, wow, this is actually a pretty crazy story. And this is like going to be a really good episode. So I'm excited for it. I am just going to go ahead and give a content warning on this one. There's even like parts of the story that I had to tone down because it was too graphic. There was like a point where I was reading this where I was just like, I just shook my head and was like, holy shit. I said it out loud because it was so gnarly. Maybe one of the gnarliest ones I've read. So just so you know, this is kind of a rough one and it involves a child. So it's not an easy listen. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, start uh, the year on New like year. A, an all time downer <laughs> yeah. and we right can only go up from here, like, I guess. What did you like about each yeah, other? It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So the village of Gold River sits almost exactly in the geographic middle of Vancouver Island. So we're in British Columbia. Uh, Vancouver Island is just offshore of mainland British Columbia, just north of the USA-Canada border. Pretty much any of the nearest cities are a three-hour journey from the village. So in 1994, when the story takes place, or as I like to say, one AGP, JP, one year after Jurassic Park, that's kind of how I (laughs) tell time, almost all of the roughly 1,000 people that lived in Gold River worked for the logging industry. And there's a paper mill near a paper mill nearby. So pretty much everyone that worked there worked either for the logging industry or some other kind of outdoor industry. This is a small village. This is before tourism really took off in the area. So it's mostly a logging town. It's surrounded by just dense evergreen forest. There's beautiful crystal blue rivers, towering mountains. It's just an idyllic mountain town. Everyone knows each other. It's got this really strong sense of community and a really strong sense of safety, too. Everyone in this place feels very safe. They know all their neighbors. They have lived there their whole lives. It's just kind of like very idyllic. Mm. But that safety was shattered in May 1994, almost one year after Jurassic Park was released in theaters. Okay, so 12-year-old... Yeah, it wasn't a T-Rex. Yeah, a T-Rex arrived on a boat, got out, <laughs> stormed around town, killed a guy in a movie store. Um, no. All Drank right. So out 12 of the pool. <laughs> ate a dog. 12-year-old Brad Musselman lived in a yellow house on Donner Street with his 8-year-old sister Brittany, his 7-year-old brother Kyle, and his dad and mom, John and Joan. So, early on the morning of May 9th, 1994, Brad wakes up his brother Kyle because they had some chores to get done before they went to school. He's the big brother, so he has to kind of be in charge of his siblings. Brittany's already up. She's already doing her chores. And as usual, Kyle was taking a little bit longer to get up and do his share of the cleaning. So Brad's waiting patiently as his little brother puts on jeans and a flannel shirt. And then he laughs to himself when when his brother runs by and he smells the strong scent of pine and vanilla. Apparently, Kyle, the little brother who was seven, had been keeping, you know, those like tree shaped car fresheners. He kept like a pine one and a vanilla one in each of his pockets because <laughs> he liked idea. to smell fresh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he'd been doing that for like for weeks. Uh, their dad, John, worked a night shift at a nearby paper mill. So he was up making breakfast, but he was going to go to bed after he made the kids so breakfast. So he just. Smells like pine from work. Yeah. yeah, maybe he just wanted to be like his dad. 
He no, just has maybe. two vanilla ones in his pocket, probably. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't need the pine. And then their mom, Joan, she was an EMT, and she had left on a bush plane to go visit a logging camp out in the wilderness. I guess she worked in these different logging camps around. Cool. So after the kids ate breakfast, they finished their chores, they got on their backpacks, and they said bye to their dad, who was headed to go to sleep. And they ran out the door, and they joined up with a couple neighborhood kids for this walk to school, which is a pretty short walk. And the neighborhood kids were these brothers, Tony and Jamie Olson. So the walk to school wasn't very far, but the kids had about 500 feet from their house before they got to a 100-foot staircase that went down to the school grounds and the side of Highway 28. So the school was like kind of on the side of the highway. And this staircase is surrounded by dense pine and alder forests. So I'm going to say alders a lot in this story. Alders are pretty much their type of tree. They kind of look similar to like birch or aspen, but when they're younger, they're really tightly bunched. So alders can be just like a description of really thick, deciduous brush too. And so there's lots of alder on the, on the side of this staircase, and the stairs are made from ra- railroad ties, gravel, and asphalt. And then as the stairs went down, there was um, a total of three flights of stairs separated by two long landings that were made of asphalt. So the stairs would go down, there'd be a long landing with asphalt, then they go down again, long landing of asphalt, and then they go down again. So like the Scott Pilgrim stairs that Scott's like, can you do a flippy thing down these stairs? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm imagining. (laughs) Just covered with trees and forest. Right. Yep, same country. These kids had used the stairs hundreds of times. It was a necessary part of their short little commute to school, and they had just done this over and over and over again. And on that morning, Tony and Kyle were leading the small group of children down the stairs, and when they got to one of these long landings, Tony yelled to Kyle that he'd race him to the end, and he ran off, and Kyle started chasing him. So Brad was behind, the 12-year-old, and remember, Kyle's the 7-year-old, and Brad's watching as his little brother starts to run, and then movement to the side of the path catches his eye. A dark brown blur shoots out of the woods toward Kyle, and within a split second, its front paws caught the shoulder of the seven-year-old boy. The impact spun him around and slammed him on his back, and Brad could hear his little brother screaming as this animal clamped its jaws down over his face. Holy shit, it's a cougar, Brad said to these other kids. So Kyle starts just screaming in high-pitched bursts. Brad remembers saying it was louder than he thought it was possible to scream. Wow. And they're all just staring stunned as this cougar's swiping at him and Kyle's kind of feebly pushing back at its face, but it keeps lunging down and biting at his face. And he's kicking at it and trying to push it away and just screaming, but he's totally powerless. So Tony, the boy that was running with him, picks up some rocks and starts throwing them at the mountain lion, which is now trying to drag Kyle into the brush. And Brad, when he sees what's happening, he just takes off running for home because he knows they need an adult to help them out. Mm. So he runs into his house, and John Musselman was already asleep when the door banging open wakes him up. And he hears his 12-year-old son, Brad, run into the room screaming that Kyle was being attacked. And Brad's voice starts to crack, and he yells, Dad, hurry, he's being eaten by a cougar. So Brad, or John yells, yeah. he's like, Miss Williams? <laughs> yeah. The cougar down the road, <laughs> she's eating him? The fourth, the fourth grade teacher? <laughs> Uh, so John yells back, what? And then Brittany also enters the room, the eight-year-old. And then John asks them both, he says, where? And the two children are just like wide-eyed, panicking. 
and in unison they say, he's on the stairwell, hurry. So John sprints out the door toward the stairwell. It's about, again, 500 feet away from his house. And as he's running, he can't believe what's happening because he'd spent pretty much his whole life in the outdoors of British Columbia, and he had never seen a cougar. He had seen scrapes on the ground. He had seen dead deer remains. He'd seen claw marks on trees. So he knew they were around, but he also knew that they were really shy, really elusive animals. So he just never expected to have one right in the village attacking his son. But now cougars are really entering his life in a very real, very visceral way. And it's about to get a lot worse. He's just mad. He like always wanted to see one. And then he's like, not like this. Not like this. The monkey's paw. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He got a wish from a genie. Like, I just love to see a local wild cougar. (laughs) Yeah. And I (laughs) see the monkey's finger go down. And he's like, wait. I should have thought about that one a little (laughs) bit harder. I'm wondering what, what, I was just thinking, you know, you grow up thinking Santa Claus is real, but like slowly over time you realize that he's not. What if it was Santa Claus attacking this kid on the stairs? It's like, this is how you find out he's actually real and they're out there, you know, (laughs) you always wanted to see one. Uh, That's an interesting comparison. Harrowing. All right. Tooth and Claws brought to you by longtime sponsors, Rocket Money. Rocket Money showed me that I had two separate $10 music subscriptions and I was only using one of them. So right away, I saved $11 a month with Rocket Money, paid for itself instantly and then some. I also had like a yoga that I hadn't used forever, apps that just I couldn't get rid of the subscription. So Rocket Money saved me a lot of money and I've also talked to listeners who'd save money. So let's make a deal right now. If you get Rocket Money and you save over $20, then you can go sign up on our Patreon. Or, you know what, use it however you want. But we hope you're saving money and we hope you can get on Rocket Money and get some help managing your finances because everyone right now needs more money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of 720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. If that was just one person, that's crazy. But it wasn't. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash tooth, tooth all caps. That's rocketmoney.com slash tooth, rocketmoney.com slash tooth. Tooth and Claws brought to you by AG1. Taking care of your health isn't always easy. Just ask me. I eat so much fast food. But it should at least be simple. That's why, for the last years, I've been taking AG1 every day. It's just one scoop mixed with water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel energized. It makes me want to do more, be more proactive. I get my morning started earlier because of it. And I just feel more confident that I'm starting my day off on a good foot and I'm eating healthy, which is great. With AG1, I know I'm getting essential brain, gut, and immune health support with vitamins, probiotics, and nutrients from Whole Foods. I like to think of it as nutritional insurance. I know I'm covering my nutritional bases right from the start of the day. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1. And that's why I've partnered with them for so long. So if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 
and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash tooth. Tooth is all caps. That's drinkag1.com slash tooth. Check it out. Okay, so a quick background on cougars in British Columbia. In the last 100 years, six people have been killed by cougars in British Columbia. Four of those deaths happened on Vancouver Island. So four out of the six, which is pretty substantial. And when you look at the entire population of British Columbia, there's like, I think a little over 5 million people and about 860,000 of those people live on Vancouver Island. So it's definitely like a much higher ratio of people being attacked by cougars on Vancouver Island than you would expect by population. Vancouver Island does have some of the best cougar habitat in the world. Three of the four deaths that happened on Vancouver Island were seven-year-old children, which is kind of crazy. And one was a nine-year-old. One of the deaths happened in Gold River, actually, the same place we're talking about, this tiny village, in 1976 when a seven-year-old child was killed by a cougar while out walking on a forest road. A study in 1998 showed that in the previous 100 years, 29 people had been non-fatally injured by cougars in British Columbia, with roughly 20 of those incidents occurring on Vancouver Island. We're not going to get too deep into the stats today, because we've talked a fair bit about mountain lions already, but we should just pan out a little bit and look at you know what this means. That means that over 100 years, six people have died. So that means there's a death from cougars in British Columbia roughly every 16.7 years. Which, considering there's like 4,000 cougars in BC, it's like this BC is probably one of the most densely cougar populated places in the world. The fact that only six people have died in that, that long means this is an incredibly rare thing. And we say that a lot, but this is even more rare than black bear attacks, fatal black bear attacks. This just really doesn't happen that often. I read a really interesting medical paper. It's called Cougar Attacks on Children Injury Patterns and Treatment. And they use two case studies for the paper. And there's like a a really interesting section from the paper that I wanted to read you guys. It's crazy. More seven-year-olds in Vancouver Island die from car accidents than cougars. Why do you say that? Just a stat. It's just got to be. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that? (laughs) Okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Like I would, yeah, without a doubt, that's true. Uh, (laughs) Okay, this is a quick excerpt from this paper, um, and this paper was written by Kadiski et al. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, this says there have been 83 documented cougar attacks in the last century, and this is looking at a worldwide perspective. Of these, 50 have been on children with 13 fatalities. 59% of all attacks and 70% of all fatal attacks were on children. The average age of children attacked was 8 years old. of the children attacked were not alone at the time of the attack, with many having adult supervision nearby. All but one of the fatalities in children occurred when they were alone or only with other children. And 78% of the attacks of children occurred when they were out of sight of an adult. All attacks occurred either in wilderness areas or small towns near wilderness areas. The predominant area of injury in survivors is the head and neck, followed by extremity injuries. Fatal cardioid artery injuries and fatal cervical spine injuries have been reported. So we've talked about that a bit. With mountain lions or cougars or pumas or whatever you want to call them, the two places they really go for on prey are the cardioid artery, which is the front of the throat, 
or the cervical spine injuries, which is the back of the neck. So um, we talked about how in bigger prey, often their technique is to get the back of the neck and actually use their, their canines and their incisors to go in between vertebrae and separate them that way and kill their prey by essentially breaking their neck. And then with smaller prey that they can control a bit better, they'll just go for like what a lot of big cats do, which is the front of the throat, which you get that carotid artery, you get the windpipe. It kills stuff pretty quickly if you're powerful enough to hold on to the front of the throat. MacGruber okay. style. MacGruber style. Just rip out that throat. Yep. So, but just going over all of this, what do we learn from all these stats? No one really is at high risk of cougar attack. There's just, it's just not an animal that attacks us very often. We are not typically a prey species for them. It's incredibly rare. But when people are attacked, children are at higher risk than anyone else. And when children are attacked, the fatality rate is actually pretty high for wild animals. Like 25% is pretty high. One out of every four kids that gets attacked by mountain lions ends up dying. That's like, that's pretty substantial. Yeah. And um, it's usually almost always, you were saying predatory, they're looking for something to eat. Yeah. Almost always. Pretty much every fatality I read through was a mountain lion that was predatory. It wasn't like a defensive cat. But I really think one of the most telling things that we just read is that a lot of the fatalities, almost all of them happened when children were only with other children or alone. Some of the attacks happened when they were under adult supervision, but usually when the adult was like out of eyesight and all of almost all of the fatalities happened when they were alone. So an adult on site is usually enough to stop the attack from proceeding to a place where it becomes fatal. Okay, so that's what John was trying to do. He was trying to get there in time to stop this from being a fatal attack. So as he neared the staircase, he saw a neighbor woman in a blue bathrobe standing near the stairs and throwing large rocks into the alders. And when the children had come screaming by their, her house, she saw one of the other neighbors go running to a phone, so she started to go out and see what was happening. And she saw the alders whipping around violently, and she just started throwing rocks in there, knowing that something was happening to this kid. But John Musselman appeared beside her, and he's desperate to save his son. And he yells, where is he? And she points to where she had last seen the bushes moving, and steps aside, and John runs past. And he runs up to the spot in the alders where the woman had pointed, and he bends down, and he's searching through this really thick underbrush, and then he sees the sneakers and the tiny legs of Kyle, who's lying face down and motionless, completely motionless. So this part is crazy to me, what he sees now. He crawls forward to get closer to his son and figure out what's going on, and when he gets a little bit closer, he watches as his boy's body soundlessly slithers away into the brush, and they described it as rippling like water over the rocks. Ugh. Oh, yeah. man. So not only is his son motionless and everything, but this mountain lion still has him. And it's moving yeah. him away from him. All right. So he had to crouch lower and crawl down this kind of tunnel that had been made through the leaves by the, the cougar. And moving toward where his body had disappeared. And after he moves a short distance, he once again can see Kyle's legs. And then he follows it up to his torso, and then his stomach drops when he sees that his arched back and twisted neck were off of the ground, and his son's face was being held in the jaws of the cougar. Oh my gosh. So he's in total horror, and he takes a quick second to survey the damage. I'm going to use some of the descriptions straight from the book. I'm guessing it comes right from the dad, because he was the only one there. But I'll be honest, in a lot of these stories, I find myself 
trying to find descriptions of the injuries to kind of make the story a little bit more visceral. And in this one, I feel like I have to tone it down a little bit because the descriptions were so gnarly in the book that I'm going to be a little bit more discreet than the book was. All right. So his bloody white skull was visible and his scalp was hanging down like a wet, hairy mop and covered in dirt and leaves. His mouth was inside of the cougar's mouth and he was facing away from John, but blood and dirt covered his entire head, his entire head. And he was completely motionless and John realizes that his son is dead. The cougar locks eyes with John and it tenses up like it's about to run. And John's not sure if the cougar's going to run away or trying to fend this kill that it had in its mouth. So he calls the cat a son of a bitch and he lunges forward and he's overcome by emotion and rage and he's just wanting to recover this body of his youngest child and he screams, get off of him. And the cat, the cat like crouches lower and then still just totally staring at John trying to guard Kyle's body. And John lunges forward again and yells, get off of him again. And the cougar finally decides like it's had enough. It drops Kyle and it sprints off into the brush. So John grabs Kyle and he notices that all of his scalp has been removed. Um, aside from a tiny bit of hair that's still left on the top of his neck. But aside from that, only his bloody white skull was visible. And then he, like the description of all of his scalp hanging down like a dirty, hairy mop was just crazy to me. Um, He carefully turns his boy over and then he almost screams when he sees what's left of his face. So I'm not going to read word for word this part because it honestly was just like way too much, especially for a story about a seven-year-old kid. But Suffice to say, the cougar had pretty much torn his entire face off. It was all blood and raw flesh. Most of his nose, one eye, his cheeks, his lips, and part of his ear had all been completely removed. And a lot of the muscle, too. So John lets out a silent, oh my god. And then as he does that, a little bubble of blood forms from Kyle's torn mouth. So John suddenly realizes, oh, he's breathing. Oh, wow. So he frantically starts calling out his name telling him to hang in there and that his daddy had him and not to worry about anything but breathing. He's just saying over and over again, just breathe, just breathe, just breathe. I've got you. Don't worry about anything. Just breathe. And he starts clambering through the thick branches. And it's said in the book several times he had to stop because his scalp, the boy's scalp was getting caught on twigs and stuff. But he keeps climbing through the branches and telling his son to do nothing but breathe, not even knowing if Kyle can hear him. And then all of a sudden, he, he hears this tiny little voice ask him who he was. So he looks down at Kyle, and he tells him that he's his dad, and that everything's going to be okay, and he just needs to hang on and breathe. So they get out of the brush, and his neighbor Glenn is there with this huge homemade hunting knife. And John tells him Kyle's alive, and they need to get to help. So they run into the parking lot in the nearby school. And there's this teacher, Carol Volk, who's pulling into the parking lot in her minivan, And she's with her daughters and she sees these men come running up and they're yelling that a cougar had attacked Kyle. And she calmly tells her daughters to open the back door and John and Kyle pile in and they take off. They're speeding toward the clinic in Gold River. So John runs into the clinic with Kyle in his arms and he's just screaming, cougar attack, cougar attack. What would have been a crazy move to like go to the elementary school nurse? Like the school nurse who's like yeah. for sick kids. <laughs> like with putting like band-aids on kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's like, hey, my son's face just get ripped off. 
<laughs> she just quits. Just hands yeah, in her. She's just like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Uh, the clinic, I don't think, was too much better than that. Because when he gets there, oh, no. all they can really do is take him to the emergency room. They cut his clothes off. They give him a sedative. They stabilize him and do a little bit of cleaning. And then they pretty much say, like, hey, we got to get him on a helicopter. And they had already called the helicopter at this point. So the helicopter arrives, and it takes Kyle to the nearest hospital in Campbell River, which I think is about a three-hour drive. And John goes home to clean himself up and get ready to drive to Campbell River. Flight? You mean? No, it's a three-hour drive. The flight's not far at all, okay. but John has to drive. So they're taking yeah, yeah, Kyle yeah. by the helicopter. John goes home, and he's getting ready to drive. And when he gets in the shower, he is just, like, shocked by all the blood that comes off him, and it's all his son's blood. And he just, like, says, holy Christ, what a mess. And then in the meantime, a neighbor had actually found a couple of Mounties, which are, like, Canadian cops, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. And they go to the stairs and right when they get to the stairs, they see this cougar. Like, it's back oh, wow. out. Oh. And one of the cops opens fire and just kills it instantly. And they take it to the local station. Back at home, John realizes he doesn't have any cash. This is 1994. He's going to need some gas money to get to Campbell River. And he's frantically tearing up the house looking for cash. When Brad walks in, his 12-year-old son... And he holds out a handful of bills that he had been saving in like his piggy bank for a month. And he's like, here, dad. Wow. And up until this point, I guess John had been able to control his emotions and hadn't cried. And he just breaks down and grabs Brad and like hugs him. And then he leaves and speeds off towards Campbell River. So when he gets to the hospital, Kyle's lying motionless under tons of bandages and gauze. You can't see his face. You can barely see his body. They'd been working on him. And now no one's working on him. He's just like under a sterile hospital light, laying motionless under all these bandages. So John's heart skips a beat when he sees his son because he thinks he's dead again. Mm. And the doctors explain that they had done all they could, but that Kyle needed the help of experienced surgeons in Vancouver and they're waiting on the transport. It made me think of Arrested Development when that doctor's always like, I did all I could. And everyone's like, no. Yeah. And then he's like, you know, he says to get... I lost him. Yeah. Or we lost him. And they're like, no. And then he's like, no, like he got out through the window. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but pretty <laughs> much the doctor be tells all him. right. <laughs> no, his right hand was amputated. <laughs> um, or left hand. Left hand, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so there, Joan shows up to the hospital. She sees her boy under all these bandages and gauze. And they realize like he needs help of an experienced surgeon and they need to get him to a hospital that has like full facilities, everything. So once again, he gets airlifted to a new hospital in Vancouver and John and Joan are able to go with him on the flight and they get there too. And then once they get to the hospital, these surgeons start working on Kyle and they work on him for 14 hours straight. Wow. When his parents show back up in the early morning, the head surgeon, who seems very tired, approaches them, and she says she can't believe that Kyle's still alive. And then she immediately tells the parents, you need to give up on hoping that he's going to look like what you know he looks like. They, she pretty much said, the old Kyle is dead. He's never going to look like your son again. Um, she hmm. says his face is being held together by wires. They had a few pieces of cheekbone on ice that they were able to maybe, they were hoping they'd be able to reattach in later surgeries. And then she walked them through kind of the process of putting in a glass eye. 
He still had a very long road ahead of him, but his parents got to go in and see his face. Uh, and it was the first time that they had really seen him at all since John first put him in the helicopter and Joan hadn't seen him at all. And when she sees him, she just breaks down in tears and like turns into John's chest and starts sobbing. But he actually, he had seen this raw mess of his face when the cougar had attacked him. So yeah. he was kind of encouraged because he could now see a glimmer of his son's face. Yeah. And he actually started smiling because he realized that Kyle was going to be okay. Wow. The, the book then goes to another chapter and it doesn't talk too much more about it, but essentially his recovery takes months. But when he finally gets to go back home, they throw this whole parade for him. Like everyone's so happy to see him back, but also no one can recognize him because he is just like mm-hmm. completely scarred. I looked, I tried to figure, like I tried to look up him in the current day. I couldn't find him anywhere. I hope wherever he is, he's been able to recover and, and lead a normal life. Like I know that that kind of those kind of surgeries and reconstruction and everything has come a long way since 1994. So hopefully he's been able to kind of, you know, piece by piece regain what he had. But um, anyway, pretty gnarly one. And, yeah. and honestly, like, yeah, I I could read what the authors described the injuries as, but I feel like you guys get the point, right? Uh, Do you yeah. need me to read it? No, I think okay. I'm good. You can talk to Jeff later, maybe on the phone. <laughs> okay. Send All right. him an email. Uh, so that's pretty much it for the story. I did just want to talk quickly about mountain lions for a second, just what you're supposed to do. And I think this, this information goes for anyone. If you're a child, if you're an adult, the thing that you need to do when you're confronted by a mountain lion is be completely dominant. There's really no other... Thing to do. I mean, the main thing is to avoid quick movements because they do, I think, I think a big chance, a, a big likelihood of this one is that him and Tony racing triggered it to attack because suddenly he's moving really fast. Yeah. Um, away from the group. Right. And there was one of the wildlife officials that looked into this did say there was a chance that this cougar had been hit by a car and had been mm. injured and decided to then, you know, go for a kid. But the thing that you really want to remember is like never run, just never run because it will trigger a predatory response in a cat. Um, what you want to do is just make yourself as loud, as aggressive as you possibly can be. If you're wearing a jacket, you can like spread it out. So you look bigger, you put your hands above your head, you yell, you do whatever you need to do to convince this cat that you're not going to be an easy prey item for it. And then if it does keep coming toward you, you start throwing rocks, you throw whatever you can. And when you bend down to pick up those rocks, you want to do it as you're still facing the cat and just like, again, be as aggressive as you possibly can. If it does still come at you and make contact with you, you have to do everything you can to fight it off. So essentially uh, aggression. If one of your new year's resolutions is to start running more, maybe think of something else. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) I'm not saying that you can definitely, you can definitely still recreate and jog and ride mountain bikes or whatever in cougar country. You just got to be smart. Like you just have to throw pay attention. some boxing. There's uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> karate yeah. in with it. Right. I will say bear spray works on mountain lions. It works well. So again, if you have any kind of fear, if you're in cougar country and you have concerns about mountain lions running into them, uh, carry bear spray. Because it will work. That Justine did. You're spraying a mountain lion. Yeah, and it doesn't like it. It doesn't. 
I, the thing that's different is with a bear, it's generally like a defensive thing and you have a little bit of time to kind of get your spray out and spray the bear, even if it's just a few seconds. And with mountain lions, they're stalking ambush predators. So often like you don't realize you're about to be attacked by a mountain lion until it's on top of you is how that it and often like happens. Bears, it's kind of like a straight line at you when they charge you. I feel like mountain lions, yeah. it's not like necessarily just like a straight line yeah it just depends i think yeah. the thing that the thing that's been happening a lot recently is you see these videos online that say like mountain lion stalks hunter or mountain lion stalks hiker or whatever and it shows these videos of mountain lions like following people slowly and the thing to remember and we've talked about this a lot that might be a curious mountain lion it might be a mountain lion that's trying to push someone away from something like like kittens or whatever but it probably isn't really stalking them. Like it's not really convinced that it wants to attack that person because when they really stalk, you don't really see them generally, you know, Mm, it's going to use the brush, it's going to hide and it's going to jump on your back. That might be a, a cougar that's deciding whether or not it wants to stalk a person. But if you're aggressive enough with that animal, it's probably going to decide you're not worth the risk. So again, aggression is the main thing. Just remember that. Don't ever run and be as aggressive as possible and carry bear spray again because it really just, it's a deterrent that works and you might as well have it. And if you do get attacked, maybe look up that comedian guy, Matt Reif. Look up his plastic surgeon because <laughs> he he really changed a lot and I think they did a pretty good job. I guess. All he right. looks like handsome Squidward to me. Um, <laughs> oh, that's hey, good. But that's if what you, you want. look at the pre-surgery stuff, it's like, yeah, you're okay. doing better. Interesting. <laughs> did he just look like regular Squidward before? I don't know what this guy looks like. <laughs> we can make fun of him, too, because he's a sexist. Uh, mm. All right. I think, again, just remember, this isn't an animal that deserves to be demonized. There's a lot of these animals that live on the fringe of society. And they don't attack us. They hardly ever do. I was like 10 feet from one in Patagonia and it didn't even notice me. I mean, it knew I was there, but it didn't care because it didn't see me as prey. That so hurt just your remember, feelings? Like, it didn't. I didn't that want to see That probably made him feel good. He's like, I'm not that short. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you're out recreating with your kids in cougar country, keep an eye on them, you know, um, because you never know what might happen. So. All right. That's it for the story. Yeah. That's that's a crazy one. I'm shocked he survived. That's incredible. I know. Yeah, I couldn't tell the way you were telling it, I couldn't tell if he was going to be one of the seven year olds or not. Yeah. In the book, when I was reading it, I didn't know either. And so I was like, I got a lot happier when I saw that he was. I almost skipped ahead to see if he was alive because I was like, I don't know if I can tell this one if he dies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was very happy that you survived. So Kyle, again, if you're out there, hope your recovery's been okay. And and sorry that happened to you, bud. Um, yeah, you're about my age, so I um, think hopefully you've been able to live a good life. Like face scars from animals are really cool. Just yeah. put that out there. I know it's probably you would rather it not have happened, but it is cool to me. There's probably a tipping point. On yeah, I'm, where the I scars. just think it's cool. I would okay. I'd be excited to meet them and be like, for sure, have a lot of Definitely. questions for sure. Definitely, I've always secretly been jealous. I don't know if secretly is the right word, but I always thought glass eyes are really cool. I just like the the whole idea behind just putting a yeah. 
glass orb in your head. It's cool. I think it's Our cool. Next, I'm like Jeff on uh, this one. If we're doing a, if we're doing a like, we're Jeff or Mike paying attention. The loser has to like the winner pokes the loser's eye at. Oh, that's a good yeah, deal. Okay. <laughs> oh shoot, I forgot to do that category. Oh well, yeah. I guess we get to keep our eyes one more year, yeah. Mike. I'm just gonna. I just want to cover my bases. I'm sure it's not ideal to have to have a glass eye. I'm not making light yeah. of it. Yeah, I just think we it's cool. Genuinely think it's cool. Right. Like, we, yeah. Like, right. Like, it'd but be it, worse if no one thought it was cool, you know? But at the same time, like... Sorry that it had to happen. Everyone, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that everyone that has one would rather have their natural eye exactly. than, a, than a glass eye. So, like, like in we do one have to be piece, sensitive to that. Zorro fought all these monkeys and lost his eye, and I liked Zorro more even after, which was crazy, because okay. I always lo- loved him. You already yeah. loved him. You thought you couldn't <laughs> like him more. Yeah. Let's do the... Let's do the we're Mike and Jeff paying attention for the whole year in our next subscription episode. So Ooh, that'll be a teaser. Sure. You guys yeah. got to sign up. Can it's we pick which eye long. we lose? Oh, you guys lose yeah. an eye? Yeah. yeah sure. The okay. winner pokes out the loser's eye. Okay. Great. Okay. Does the winner get to keep it in like a jar? Yeah. Are you going to do like a kill bill, like just a quick smush grab it. and then show it to him <laughs> and then throw it on the ground and smush it? Yeah. I think we're going right. to do like the billion dollar bets and just never actually pay up. Okay. Tooth and Claws brought to you by Miracle Made. Do you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impact on your sweep, sleep quality? I for sure know that if it's too hot, it's really hard for me to sleep. Like if I'm at a hotel room by myself, I crank the AC and then snuggle under some blankets. Miracle Made, I've loved it because it keeps me the temperature I want to be. I don't know how it does it because I'm still warm, but I don't feel too hot. And I just love these sheets. They're the best sheets I've ever had. I've had flannel sheets. I've had silky sheets. These are my favorites. One great thing about them is that they're self-cleaning. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. So I wash my sheets like once a month, which isn't enough. But with this, it kind of helps out because now I'm more on schedule. So just the other day, one of our favorite artists, Justine, who did that awesome National Park shirt and design, told me, do you really like Miracle Sheets? And I was like, honestly, I love them. And I think Justine used our promo code and got them. So here's the code. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com tooth. Tooth is all caps. And use the code TOOTH to claim your free three-piece towel set, never too many new towels, and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash tooth to treat yourself, a friend, or a loved one this holiday season. Healthy hydration isn't just about drinking water. It's about drinking water and electrolytes. When you think about it, a lot of us have been told our whole lives just to drink tons of water, even past the point of thirst, and that can actually be kind of dangerous because drinking beyond thirst dilutes blood electrolyte levels, especially sodium levels, and that can lead to headaches, low energy, cramps, confusion, or even worse. So the solution isn't just to drink extra water, but it's to drink water plus electrolytes, and that's why I love Element. 
It was created by a former research biologist, Rob Wolf, and it has everything you need, sodium, potassium, magnesium, zero sugar, just to help you be hydrated and to have everything you need to be at your full athletic level. And I absolutely love it. It makes me feel hydrated. It doesn't make me feel like I'm like bogged down with tons and tons of water. I just drink when I'm thirsty. I feel great. And I love the taste. It's like one of my favorite products that we've ever talked about on the show. There's the watermelon flavor, which is my personal favorite, raspberry. Uh, my girlfriend, Jessie, loves the citrus flavor. It's just really tasty, and it does make you feel super hydrated. And we have a fantastic offer from Element just for us. Go to drinkelement.com, that's drinklmnt.com, backslash tooth to get a free sample pack with any purchase. So drinklmnt.com, backslash tooth, and you'll get a free sample pack with any purchase. I love this stuff, and I know you will too. All right. Well, we got some fun categories for the week, for the year, that yeah. Jeff's going to lead us in. So, Jeff, yeah. why don't you take over, bud? All right. Thanks, bud. <laughs> so, first category is worst ouchie of the year from our Tooth and Claw stories. It's funny because I was going to put this one, but then I realized this comes out on January 1st, so I can't include uh, it. Yeah, so this my, is a good one. My pick is Ray Kitchen, who was one of the victims of the Liard River black bear attack. He was the guy that intervened to save the mom and the son. I forget their names off, off the top of my head. But um, he intervened, and then the bear essentially ate him to death. Like, the people that came to save him were a little late, and the bear had already done enough damage to him. But it mauled him for a while and started eating him while he was still alive. So that one for me, I think that of the year, I think... It's hard to beat a black bear, a predatory black bear when it comes to ouchies. So yeah. that's going to be my pick. Yeah. Right. I tried to think of one. Really, the one that stuck with me the most is the Mother's Day episode, uh, the Yellow Jackets, just because mm -hmm. of... Um, yeah. It's, of course, it's not nearly as bad as dying from a black bear attack, but something about it just really gets under my skin, like a, an unavoidable swarm of Yellow Jackets around well, you and your family dad and your dogs just broke, broke his, his leg. leg right away yeah so that yeah. was my pick i just and couldn't like stop thinking about that of like your two-year-old that one i had that as my backup pick mine was the box jellyfish yeah that's a good one where like he hardly could even i i didn't write the name down uh but i just remember like he could hardly breathe and then like the more you touch it, the worse it hurts because you like push out more venom because the stingers stay in you, right? Yeah. Isn't yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah. So then like, but that's one of those situations where it hurts so bad, it's impossible not to touch it. So right. then like, it just sounded like the worst. Yeah. And everyone that's stung by them just describes it as the worst possible pain. I don't yeah. remember his name either, but I remember one of his friends, his friends. like, Stinky bag or something. Or something. Yeah. Stinky yeah, that's stinky. it. <laughs> it was stinky, uh, I think. St yeah. And one of our listeners wrote us and said they, they knew them and they knew oh, Stinky wow. Pete or whatever. Yeah. Cool. So, that was cool. Well, sorry, I didn't write your name down. Yeah. Box jelly guy. Box jelly. But there's your shout Mr. Out. Jellyfish. Okay. Yeah. Uh, craziest news story that we did in our news episodes. I'll let you guys go first. Mine, I went with the 
hippo that like swallowed the two-year-old and then spat yeah, him out <laughs> in uganda like, yeah, yeah that's crazy that it didn't eat him and that that's a good pick. two-year-old has like been inside of a hippo unscathed yeah that's a good one yeah mike do you need me so, to go no i'll go i was just trying to okay. remember the details of that one because didn't it did kind of like projectile like blast him back out right yeah it like blew <laughs> him out yeah and the great. hippo like <laughs> It was like on land, the hippo came out of the right. water and walked a few hundred yards into this village, ate this kid, and then just like <laughs> blew him out. Spitballed yeah. him. Yeah. You just got to wonder if that hippo was like, I wonder how far I can launch this little spit this kid. guy. Yeah. 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 It's bored. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mine is the, it's the headline that I would have the hardest time believing were I to see it. Uh, it's the hawk dropping the snake on the lady that was mowing her lawn. Oh, yeah. I just, it still is just too. like the weirdest set of circumstances that all just happened at the same time. Um, well, and yeah. what really brought it home for me was when I saw a picture of her arm. It was because messed up. Because it's like her arm was like so shredded and it's like, oh, right. that's like insane. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was, she was mowing her lawn and the way the story made it sound was that the snake hit her forearm and just immediately wrapped around it. So, yeah. right. and then the snake started biting her. Well, I think the yeah. hawk is what scratched her arm up the most because, because it is trying to get it snake. off of it. Yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. But the like this the snake reportedly did bite her too, you know. <laughs> Didn't it uh, It said it dented her glasses, which I still don't quite know how to interpret, but um probably yeah. like bounced off her head. Yeah, who knows yeah. what that means. I was wondering about that myself, too. But um, Well, that was my pick, too. But I'll go with a backup here. I'm going to go with the orcas. You know, the orcas mm. ripping rudders off boats and sinking them. It's crazy. It's, it's like, kind of funny. Sorry. It is. Like, I know if you had your boat destroyed by an orca, it sucks. But to all of us, it's a little bit funny. And then also, it's just, like, really interesting trend behavior in orcas so it kind of it checks all the boxes for me all right my next one is funniest news story and this doesn't necessarily have to be about animals so i can start again uh to me it was zion williamson <laughs> oh, what, what yeah. happened with him <laughs> what did well happen? he was like sleeping with a porn star and got her pregnant but then like there was another lady who he like decided to be with and was going to marry so this lady got like super mad and just started Waging blasting war. him online yeah and okay. saying like all he would do is drink soda all day his bathroom's like littered with bottles of soda everywhere uh -huh. and then he would have sex with me because he said that he had to like do cardio and lose weight <laughs> <laughs> all right i like that i think my pick i was just gonna talk about elon musk just continuing to just tank twitter throughout the entire year but i decided to go with something a little bit more relevant and i'm gonna it's go funny with when the, he um, like the when he messages like hey taylor you can release your video on I'm so X. desperate. It's so yeah, sad. It's so desperate. Uh, <laughs> Makes me a, I cringe. I have to look away. But yeah, I'm going to go with the sun bear in the zoo in China oh, that yeah. everyone thought was a person in a bear suit. <laughs> That's funny. Just because that one was like super funny just looking at the video because even I had to for a split second was like, wait, 
is that a person in a bear suit? Yeah. Uh, but I just had that one sent to me and I was tagged in it so many times. I had some news outlets reach out to me about that one. That was just like for, for a couple of days, I feel like that was my entire life was answering questions about that. So I'm going to go also that, that Japanese guy in like the ultra realistic dog suit was really funny. That was like funny. that $10,000 yeah. like dog. The, it was suit like 20,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I still, I, some people I've spoken to some friends about that sun bear. They still just are adamant that that's a human and I can't, oh, yeah. I can't say anything to convince There's them, people you know? that I, I can be like, listen, I like, I'm a bear expert. Like this is what I, I, this isn't what I do, but like talking about bears and learning about bears and I can promise you that's a real bear. And they're just like, nope, I will not believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the funniest news story for me to follow this year was the Lord of the Rings Gollum game. Just start to finish, <laughs> what a debacle it was that the Tolkien estate, who is, Jeff was saying this earlier, just famously stingy on what they're going to allow their IPs. Like, like selling rights. Exactly. Yeah. And this is this game was just, it was top <laughs> to bottom like... a disaster. <laughs> Mechanically, visually, everything about it's terrible. And the, it, it sounds was, like the most depressing game to ever play, too. It, yeah. And th- it was so bad that the studio that made it closed down. And the funniest part of the whole thing to me was that they issued an apology on Twitter. But they it was proven that the apology was written by AI. It was like an AI-generated <laughs> apology. <laughs> they didn't need it was just like right? even the apology was couldn't even do Terrible. that. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. I uh, love who was that. the guy that made the video that we watched? Donkey? Oh, I have oh, it yeah. coming up. Video game donkey. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> it was so funny. All right. Yeah, it's it was incredible. Uh, also, shout out to that zoo, I think, in China that just had like a big dog as their lion. And it said this is like a lion. It's oh, I remember. That's why, people, that's why people aren't trusting what they see from zoos in China. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, favorite animal fact you learned? I'll go first on Mine this is one. That, oh, oh, sorry, go never ahead. Never mind. No, you, you go. go. You go first. I don't want to go. No. I'll go. So that was the Brazilian wandering spider. And like, haha, it's funny that there's naturally occurring Viagra or whatever you want to call it. But to me, once you get past the obvious comedic bent to the story and to the fact, it's mm. just kind of crazy that it's just a naturally occurring phenomenon, like this thing that humans are striving so hard to figure out. And these animals can just do it, you know? They, yeah, they can, they but got there's us. a venom out there that will make that happen in our bodies. Yeah, yeah. which it's wild. to be clear, if someone didn't listen, it gives you like a very painful erection. Long lasting. Yeah, like it can last for days. Exactly. I picked two. I picked them both from subscriber episodes that you guys did. Number one was that a sloth can poop a fifth of its own weight, which <laughs> is something oh, wow. Jeff ripped. So I looked it up and I found a fifth. But mm. it, I'll take a third. But I do think that's crazy. If it is a fifth, that's like me taking a 30-pound shit, which is crazy. <laughs> like, that's yeah. a wild amount Thank of poop. Thank you. I'm glad and I Jeff finally... Jeff was very upset that we didn't <laughs> recognize him for that fact. My second really Sounds interesting amazing. fact was from your Dachshund uh, episode, Mike, oh, yeah. which I really enjoyed. Um, learning that Dachshunds were bred to, to hunt and kill badgers. Oh yeah. It's such a crazy fact to me because when I, I have friends that have dachshunds and they just seem like such a little wiener dog, you know, they seem like a dog that just can't do much and learning that they like will chase down in their burrows and kill badgers is pretty amazing. So that was like a fact that stood out for me. 
Yeah, I had, I didn't want to just do my Jeff Animal Fact one, so I wanted to shout out just that the box jellyfish. What What's their fact with venom again, that they, like, have the most venom or, like, the... The most potent venom, I believe. Most, yeah. Some, yeah. yeah, I just thought that was crazy that, like, a jellyfish is, like, up there for, like, most venomous. Yeah. And then... Um, some people say they're the most venomous animal in the world. The other one was just that starfish fact that, like, their mouths will come out of their stomach to, like, eat something. That yeah. was really crazy yeah. to me. That is interesting. All right. Also, dung beetles yeah. using the Milky Way is cool. Yeah, oh, honestly, I I, as I was, was good. looking back through our episodes to try and remember facts, it's just like, wow, there's a lot of facts yeah. that we put out there this year. Like, this is kind of hard to pick from. So I think those were just two that, my two were just two that came off the top of my head. But I don't know. I Even the ones that I've learned myself as we've researched, like, have really changed the way that I look at the natural world. That's not to, like, pat ourselves on the back, but that's my favorite thing about Tooth and Claw is that we we also get to learn about all these animals as we're doing it, which is really, really fun. Uh, also, I, me and Wes have been... Mike, are you on Cameo? How many Cameos no. have you done? I've done zero. <laughs> <laughs> me and Wes have been doing Cameos, and I like put it on myself to come up with a new animal fact for like every video. But anyways, I just, came, I just learned a lot of new ones, and I have a new fact for this episode. Okay. Uh, so whales are kind of like birds with mating where they will sing to like find a new mate. But humpbacked whales are unique because they group up and have like a choir and they will like have a choir sing to like attract female. Really? Uh, Interesting. Yeah, mates. That's crazy. Yeah. I heard, so I heard something hand about hand whale song hand. recently too that they... I don't know if researchers played a new song for a group of whales. I think they were right whales or if they heard it from a different whale from like a different group, but the songs were different and the whales that heard the new song went back and taught it to their group of whales and they started singing a new song and it showed that there's like cultural transmission between groups of whales in song, which is just like unreal to think about. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, all right, so we're skipping. Mike, what would it take to get you on Cameo? Um, I feel like to... Mike's a sucker for the fans. If enough fans or listeners were like, we want to hear from Mike, he might give in. I was thinking the opposite. I'd need there to be a guarantee that no one would ever ask me for one. <laughs> <laughs> you should just get on and charge like the highest amount possible. Maybe. Oh, is there a limit? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All it takes is Someone, one, then I'm set for life. Yeah. $5,000. Someone needs to ask me and Jeff for one for my mom, because it'll totally make her year if she makes an appearance Ooh. in the cameo. All right. Best pop culture moment of 2023. I'm going to do a boring one, so I'll go first. Uh, but it uh, honestly was probably my favorite thing that happened in pop culture this year. I loved all the this um, actor and writer strikes. Like for me, oh, sure, yeah. all the strikes that happened this summer, like not only them, but like the UPS workers, um, some of the auto unions, just like all the strikes that happened. I think it was so kind Paris of like invigorating. Like the two extra years until retirement that they had. Yeah. Yeah. 
It was invigorating to see workers take their rights into their own hands. And for me, like I'm a big proponent of labor rights and I just, it was like cool to see the people come together as like a collective. I just worry about like the Harvey Weinsteins of the world losing some of that earning. (laughs) Yeah. You know, those rich, those rich Hollywood producers (laughs) need more money to like build whatever Epstein's little Island was called and stuff. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, you know, to all you writers and actors out there, I salute you and to everyone else that was part of Strikes this year. Proud of you guys for for getting what you deserve. I'm going to go on strike until you guys give me more. Um, <laughs> more candy. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, more of what? <laughs> more Starbursts. More, 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 more airtime? Or... <laughs> uh, yeah, I want more stories. <laughs> okay. Fine. You All right, it. mine was uh, over. the Ariana Grande and SpongeBob <laughs> voice actor on Broadway or whatever getting together, especially because I started thinking about it and like people just like gave Pete Davidson the hardest time when he was like dating Ariana Grande and they got engaged. Like, how is this guy doing it? And yeah. he went on to like date so many A more lot of just beautiful, beautiful women. Yeah. And then she went on to date like the voice of SpongeBob. So it's just like, how did he end up like winning the breakup there? What are you talking so about? SpongeBob voice actors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or he's he's like the Broadway SpongeBob. Oh, he's know. not even yeah. like he's not even what's not the Kenny? Voice. What is his name? No. Oh, no. What? Yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and they they both like left their. They seem happy and though. Wives. Like, yeah. good for you if you're happy. Mm, yeah. So maybe yeah, she did. Sorry for your interesting, family. Yeah, interesting pick. <laughs> I like it. Uh, my favorite pop culture moment. This is a kind of another basic answer, but um, well, <laughs> I'm not saying you guys, you guys picks weren't basic. That's not what I'm saying. Um, Barbenheimer for me, because oh, I liked that just too. Like, I thought about that. It's really exciting to see two worlds clash in a way where we were all very supportive of each other because. Mm-hmm. I kind of know what it's like to grow up being made fun of for liking the things that I liked. And it was just really wholesome to see the two crowds that were kind of like you, you would usually think of them being in two distinct polar opposites, but like they were so like supportive and excited and they would like go to each other's movie and make it, it was like a whole event. And I thought that was great. So yeah, Yeah. that's, I (laughs) I almost picked that just because. For me, too, it was so nice to see people get excited to go to the movies again. I feel like the pandemic was felt like kind of the last death knell of the like the theater industry. And for me, like one of my true like greatest pleasures in the world is going to a movie theater. I love going to movies and nothing scares me more. Not nothing. I shouldn't say that. There's a lot of things that scare me more. But something that I dread is like movie theaters going under permanently. Mm. And so seeing people rally to like go to movies made me really happy. Yeah. And especially where the movies weren't like sequels, where it's just right. like original movies. Yeah. yeah. Like that was cool. Yeah. It wasn't just like some superhero movie. Right. True. right. So speaking of superhero movies, let's do our top 10 things in culture of 2023. And it can be TV, movies, songs, art, concerts, sporting events, just like things in pop culture, your top 10. 
Um, okay. How should, are we going one by one? Yeah. Should we all ask. go like ten, nine? Okay. Mine aren't. Yeah. Mine aren't ordered by like by preference. Just so you know, I just got ten things that I really like. Oh, I did mine top ten. That's fine. Uh, mine, right. mine. I couldn't do that. So. Okay. Should we start at ten? Let's do it. Sure. All right. Mine was the Donkey Gollum game walkthrough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just That's loved a it so video. much. He like it was really so illustrates like. Gollum's just like a slave in Mordor, and it's like, what kid doesn't want to play as a slave? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> just how depressing of a game it is. <laughs> All right, my, uh, you know, I'll try and do like ten to one, but just take it with a grain of salt with my list, okay? Uh, ten, I put shows about cults. So just recently, there was a bunch of really good documentaries about cults. One, a couple about the Twin Flames universe, which was like this really toxic dude and his wife who started this cult that's all about like finding your twin flame and they convince people to like change their gender identity and a bunch of other things Mm -hmm. uh, Hmm. to try and find their twin flame. And it's really this dude like is one of the most punchable people I've ever seen in my entire life. And the documentary is really good. And then there's another one about the love has one cult, which is this woman who convinced all her followers that she was like mother God and she started taking the silver supplement that turned her skin blue. And it's just like wild. And it was produced by the Safdie brothers, or at least Benny Safdie, one of them. So it's really, it was a really well-made documentary and I loved it. So well, just recently shows about cults. Pick one. You got to pick one, dude. This is top no, I'm 10. I'm saying shows about cults. Okay. okay. You, you lose at this Wes's number 10 is cults. Colts. Yeah. 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 Indianapolis okay. Colts. Got it. <laughs> okay, so mine is um, I try to pick one thing from every subcategory that I was touched Wait, by. This I need year. to interrupt you really quick. Go for it. The first time ever that I add on like an extra thing yeah. to my answer <laughs> and you get mad at me, like every single time Jeff answers, he has like yeah, four well, backups to his answer. Hey, you had, and I you get had called two out for facts. It. We didn't call you out. Yeah. All right. It's a matter of expectations. You know, Jeff broke down that wall long ago. My thing is, I just don't react when you guys get mad at me for it. Right. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'll try and be more chill. Okay. So this is my, my, this is my science pop culture pick. Uh, The James Webb telescope. I've just been in love with it ever since it deployed. Great pick. And Mm. In 2023, it discovered like a relatively, like in quotes, close exoplanet with Earth-like atmospheric elements, exoplanet K218b. It just makes me excited for the future, thinking that like maybe there is some slight possibility of interstellar travel and inhabiting new planets and stuff. I just thought that was really fun. Yeah, I like that. All right, number nine for me is Godzilla minus one. Uh, You guys have already talked about that a bit. I really loved like the opening scene with Godzilla where he's chomping people and just tossing them. So yeah. that's my number nine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number nine, I'm going to go with the show Killing It. It's the show that stars Craig Robinson. You know, Craig from like The Office. And uh, who is he in The Office? He's the black guy. He's like the big black oh, guy that yeah. works in the mailroom and stuff. So it stars Craig Robinson and Claudia or Claudia or Doherty. Um, she's like an Australian actress. Actress, I'm sure you'll recognize her from a few different things. She's really, really funny. It's about this um, kind of down on their luck. These two people that meet each other because they're killing pythons in the Everglades, and that's how they're trying to make money. 
and it just is really funny and and goes kind of off the rails from there. Um, It's really good. I loved it. So Killing It is on my top 10. Okay. My next one is going to be, this is my movie selection of the year. This one's a little bit cheating, but the Talking Heads concert movie, Stop Making Sense, re-released in theaters for like a very limited amount of time. So I went and saw it in IMAX. I was the only one in the theater hall. And uh, it was great. I almost got up and started dancing by myself, but I didn't. It's close. <laughs> You're the only one in an IMAX? Yeah, it was amazing. I've never experienced that. I loved That's it. That's crazy. Yeah. Best um, concert video ever. Concert film. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, my number eight is going to be, I went to a UFC fight in Salt Lake. It was Poor Year versus uh, Gaethy 2. But I really like this Brazilian guy named Pereira who's like new in the UFC and I was able to see him and then that Derek Lewis guy fought and he was crazy and it's just like such an insane atmosphere of just like every single person there had that same half mullet haircut and like (laughs) arm sleeve (laughs) tattoos you know and like everyone just had like such a like bro energy but is like still very is just such an electric feeling and like is really bizarre just when someone would get kicked in the head and knocked unconscious and your immediate reaction is just to like start screaming, cheering. Like it's bizarre, but it was, it was fun. Did you feel like getting in a fight after you left? You get caught up in the energy? get that a bit, yeah. (laughs) I'm always like, this guy shoulders (laughs) me, it's on. Yeah. (laughs) Not that guy though. my turn? If they have cauliflower year, I'm I'm no. That's I'll the, just let them do whatever they them. want. Yeah, <laughs> that's the red flag. <laughs> All right, my next one was Guardians of the Galaxy three. I am not one to like. I've honestly, I'm so tired of Marvel. I'm really tired of superhero movies in general. I've like tried to rewatch some of the old ones even recently, and I just haven't been into them. You were pretty but, tired of Chris Pratt too. Yeah, I was really tired of Chris Pratt. But man, I loved that movie. Like I just had such a fun time with it. And I'd been away from my dog for like a week or two. And it made me miss my dog so much. It made me really emotional about my dog. And I just, yeah, I just loved it. I had the best time with it. I think it's my favorite Marvel movie ever. So I. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's like the only movie I rewatched in theaters in a long time. Yeah. I rewatched it with Jesse, and and afterwards she was just like, "That was a perfect movie. It's just yeah. so good." Yeah. yeah, that's my number seven too. So we can just, I'll just join in with you there. All right. Oh, okay. Yeah, I loved it. So my next, this is my sports choice. Uh, it's the Nuggets. This one's kind of low. It would be higher if not for one thing. The Nuggets won the NBA championship this year. <laughs> you love <And> Jokic. <laughs> I was so excited. Jokic has been my favorite player to watch the past few years, but. What soured the whole thing for it was I genuinely felt like I was more excited about it than Jokic was when they won the whole thing. I was like jumping around my living room and stuff, and he just wanted to go home. It's There's this it's hard to be so like, excited for someone like that. Spraying you know? champagne and all of his teammates are like going crazy, and he just like does like one tiny yeah. little like, like gives like, up. It like hardly <laughs> yeah. hits his shoes. 
Oh, come on, Jokic. <laughs> I know crazy. he enjoyed it, but it just, yeah, it was a little it's, bit of a that's really funny. wet blanket. I like know? all the memes just with him talking about how the NBA is just like a job to him. And I know. his job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead and give your next ones because I mine was Guardians. Go West. Okay. Uh, my next one, I will say, let's see. I'm going to go with the show Beef on Netflix. Hmm. Um, with, uh, what's his face? Ashton uh, Glenn. Kusher. No, Glenn <laughs> from, um, from, from Walking Dead. Yeah, he's Howerton. Uh, no, what's his, yeah, uh, shoot. Glenn, oh, Gary, Yoon. Glenn Ross. Steven Yoon and Ali Wong are the two leads in that show. And it's just about like this kind of rivalry beef that starts between these two strangers and it spirals out of control. And then it ends up having uh, like a really poignant, couple last episodes that i thought were really beautiful so um that's that's my pick the guy who wrote it i listened to him on a podcast and he said he just like got mad in la traffic and followed someone for like an hour and then that's where he came up with the idea yeah yeah it starts with road rage which (laughs) is i love a show that involves road rage that was not my number six right yeah Uh, i think that's seven okay um we're on seven right yeah, you're right. Okay. Sorry. Uh, so one of my favorite long-running mangas came to an end this year is Insomniacs, Insomniacs After School. It's about two kids. Not Attack on Titan. Not, didn't quite. I haven't, I haven't watched the finale yet. I've heard great things. I just mm. I need to get around to it. But uh, Insomniacs is about two kids that are insomniacs, and they're having a hard time at school. And Probably they bond over a common affliction. And it's just like a really beautiful, awesome vibe of a story. The ending was a little confusing, but the author has come out and kind of clarified, to me at least, that things ended the way that I interpreted them to have ended. So I'm pretty happy with it. Just a beautiful story. I thought it was really, really, really cool. Yeah. My number six is me and Mike went to a Muse concert together. Oh, it was so sweet. It was really cool. And it had an awesome backdrop. And, you know, I might have tripped even a little bit. So I, lo- right. I liked it. <laughs> uh my six was the movie Fair Play, which I got to see it at the Sundance uh, Film I Festival. See that. It's really good. It's super intense. It's about like a pair of like a couple where the woman ends up getting a promotion that the man thought he was gonna get and kind of the stuff that happens to the relationship afterwards. That's not how it's supposed to happen. Anyways, he's getting he's, he's getting into the role of the guy. That's Jeff is definitely joking there. Uh, but the the movie's like really intense and crazy, and I just I just felt like I was on a roller coaster the whole time, and I loved it. So who was it? Play. It was two actors I really like. Who who were they? Yeah, it's um shoot, I knew you were gonna ask me this. Uh, Al or Alden Ehrenreich. That's right, Alden the guy Ehrenreich. that plays Solo, Solo. Yeah. and then Phoebe Denver who she's in like um, that Outlander show, I think, or no, she was in Bridgerton. Okay. Um, they're both great in it. Like so good. So I have to check I definitely it out. recommend it. Mike, what's next for you? Okay. What's next for me. Six? One piece is a category unto itself. <laughs> There's always going to be a spot. And I actually kind of had a hard time picking just one, but I determined that Luffy go in gear five, pretty recent event. Mm. It was my favorite. A A lot of it's kind of a controversial one. A lot of people don't really love what happened, but I just like as a 35 year old dude, it's just really fun for me to like still be able to get super excited about like literally the most cartoony thing to happen in cartoons in recent memory. 
And I just like the animation was really cool. The storytelling I thought was perfect. Like everything made sense to me and I loved it. It was really, really exciting moment. Cool. That's a good pick. Okay. So to number five, mine's VR mini golf. <laughs> uh, VR mini golf. Us three have been, been playing list. a lot of VR mini golf and Walk I really like it. Golf. It feels like you can fly through the levels. It's just been really fun. So it's so fun. Yeah. Better than real mini golf. I'm I'll die on that. Honestly, it's right up there. You can't fly in real mini golf. The physics are like just as good and it's fun because we just talk to each other while we play. It's very social. I love We did like a tooth and claw meeting playing mini golf today. (laughs) That's how all of our meetings are gonna be from now on. Yeah. Instead of like going out to lunch and meeting over drinks, we're just in VR playing mini golf. (laughs) That's great. Jesse's just staring at me with contempt while I'm playing, <laughs> thinking like, yeah, well, why did I do this? No, right. dude, nothing looks cooler than a dude with VR goggles on. <laughs> yeah, it's cyberpunk. Just so cool. Swinging around. All right, my number five pick is Blue-Eyed Samurai, a show that Jeff recommended to me on Netflix. Um, really cool animation, like an adult animated show, which I love. I'm glad just you like, liked it that much. Yeah, really violent, really fun, and I just... Some nudity. Like the, yeah, some nudity. The first season just left me wanting more, so that's going to be my pick. Yeah, I have that as my four. Uh, I'm also going with an animated show as my next selection. It's The Apothecary Diaries. Mau Mau, the main character, she's my favorite fictional character of the year. I thought she was just like such a joy and breath of fresh air as far as characters go. Um, she gets abducted from, well, we don't need to get into, she gets abducted to go and live in the pal, like a, a Royal palace. And she is kind of the commoner, but she's pulling her weight. She's super street smart and, um, just makes all kinds of fun little relationships and discoveries and stuff. It's just a great show. Okay. Yeah. Mine was, my next one was blue eyed samurai is like, oh, this guy's pretty hot and then i was like oh it's sweet it's a girl actually (laughs) she's pretty hot and then there's like some awesome i just loved like japan samurai stuff so much like one of my favorite video games ever was ghost of tsushima so i just love being in that world yeah to you wes all right so Number four for me, I went to the Death Cab Postal Service reunion show. Oh, yeah. I went to the one in Vegas. In Vegas. I went to the one in Vegas with a bunch of my friends and just had the best time. Like I felt just all sorts of crazy nostalgia. They sounded so good, both bands. Jenny Lewis joined the Postal Service part. So it was just like a 10 out of 10 concert for me. And uh, yeah, just loved it. So that was my number four pick. All right, number four for me. This is a uh, my favorite YouTube video of the year. I've been really getting really into long form video essays, and it was by a guy named Jacob uh, Geller, and it was called "The False Evolution of Execution Methods," and it really stuck with me because it was all about how a lot of these methods to put people to death have been thought been conceived of as humane. But in reality, the statistics bear out that a lot of times they fail. A lot of times they don't go as quickly or as smoothly as you'd hope they would. And Green that's mile. Just, yeah. And it's just like they one of my... get the sponge wet. Right. Like how, how bad would it suck to be executed 
And instead of, you know, the electric chair just like zapping you to death immediately, it just like you were in a chair you for told 10 me minutes. About that. The f- yeah. Like one of the first ones is just like went so bad. Yeah. Ugh, it's, just, that. it's stuck yeah. with me for so long and um, just a really well researched and delivered Gotta video. Go back to just having elephants stand on people's heads. Seriously, I might I might choose that if I it, something in the video actually one of the most recent death penalties was carried out that was carried out in Utah. The guy selected a firing squad because he I heard had, about that. He had read all it was those like statistics. Their last one ever. Yeah, and he was like, "I'd rather get shot. It sounds like a much more you know like a surefire way to die <laughs> rather yeah. than some of these other methods that aren't proven to work all the time." Yeah. All right. My next one involves a lot of death. Uh, Oppenheimer. So I just think, I don't know. I think it's one of the more important movies I've seen in a long time because I just don't really consider nuclear warheads and atom bombs very often. And it kind of forced me to, and it's just crazy that our best scientists ever just kind of like put their intelligence into forming bombs that could destroy the whole planet. I know. And now, like, you're not a powerful country unless you have a bomb that could just kill everyone, and it's just it's right. weird. It's you crazy know? that we dropped them. Like, that's the thing to me. Yeah. It's crazy that, like, there was people that were like, no, let's drop them, you know? Yeah. Like, the, the, yeah. the president was just like, let's do it. Like, yeah. yeah. It's just wild. It's, I mean... And that's how we made Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Godzilla, now how are we going to stop him? You can't use a nuke because he's made of nukes. That's true. You know. He's Godzilla is like... King, you need King Kong. Godzilla is like the <laughs> he one can't even do it. good thing to come from nukes. And then for a long time, like his movies weren't even good. So it's like nothing good happened because of nukes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My next pick... Uh, Number three was the final season of Succession. I know that's kind of a cheat because it's not like something new in 2023. my next one. Yeah. But it did come out in 2023. That show just like been a long time since there was a show that I looked forward to that much when it would come out with new seasons and new episodes. And I just think, I think it comes about as close as any show as just being a perfect run from start to finish. Like every episode was just expertly crafted and made and acted and everything. So I uh, love the way it ended. Just loved everything about the final season. So the final season of succession is my number three. My number three is my favorite book of the year. And that goes to will of the many by James Islington. He's an Aussie author uh, inspired by some of my favorite authors. And he, um, he created, you know, that remember that meme was like, how often do you think about the Roman empire? That was going around yeah, earlier yeah. this year. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about yeah. it pretty much all day long for about a week stretch there because he made this really cool blend of like academia student life with a mix of Roman culture and like a really cool, weird magic system. This is great. Just a follow up to his Lycanius trilogy. I think he's about to write one of the modern classics of fantasy. Cool. Yeah. My number two was Succession Final Season. I'm a con head, you know, I wish he would have yeah. been president. <laughs> All right, so my number two is the show The Curse, uh, which is directed and produced by Nathan Fielder and Benny Safdie. 
a show hasn't grabbed me this hard in a long time. And I, I'm going to put like a pin in this one because I will say it hasn't ended. And I do think this is a show where the end is really going to affect how I feel about it. Mm. But it's just this slow burn, like watching two of the most abhorrent people, but still somewhat kind of like relatable as they just like do the worst shit and like put their feet, their feet in their mouth. And it's just, I don't know. I just, I just think it's so well done and made and acted and, I just can't wait to see what happens. So I, I, that's my number two, the curse starring Nathan Fielder and Emma Stone. Yeah. And one of whom is one of my favorite screen presences and another who is my, maybe my least favorite human being ever. I think potentially it's Nathan Fielder because he hates awkward comedy. Okay. So my number two pick, this is my favorite album of the year. Um, the new underscores album wall socket. It's really fun. uh, Hyper pop. What? No, I just feel like what old people must feel like when their kids are telling them like band names and books and stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you talk. Anyway, keep anyway, going. Anyway, awesome hyper pop. Uh it's got this like really cool digital production style. She's um some really fun, catchy hooks, but also like some disturbingly raw and scary slant to the lyrics as well in some of the songs. Um I don't think it's something that everyone would enjoy, but if that sounds, you know, you like like a little bit of daring in your music, I think you should check it out. It's really fun. Ooh, it's great. You're I think, daring. You I think you'd really like it, Wes. Jeff, All I don't right. think you'd I'll like it very much. It. Yeah, probably not. Uh, okay. Number one. And actually, number one, drum roll. For number two, I'm going to get rid of Succession. I'll put, I think you should leave season three in there because I forgot about it, but I love okay. that show. And Tim Robinson is like my favorite funny person. Uh, my number one was a football game me, Mike, and Wes just went to, Montana versus North Dakota State, and they won in a great double pick. overtime uh, on the two-point conversion. That stadium Montana is, like, won. the most beautiful stadium, and the mountain was, like, all frosted and, like, foggy the whole game, and it was, like... I think I, I mean, I told you guys in the moment, like, I think this is the coolest backdrop I've ever seen at a sporting event that I've been yeah. to. So, like, it's just super cool. And now we're it was, playing in a national championship. It was my favorite football game I've ever been to. I had so oh, much Oh, cool. Fun. Yeah. That should have been on my Some, list like, for sure. Pizza Hut, mini pizzas. Yeah. I, yeah, I yeah you were <laughs> in those why don't, pizzas. Why don't you go next? Okay. Uh, so my number one, this is my favorite piece of culture that came out this year is the new Super Mario Brothers Wonder, the new 2D side-scrolling Mario game. And I just had Hmm. such a pleasant... It wasn't like a a thrill-a-minute kind of experience because it's like a pretty simple, straightforward game. But um, yeah, it was just like a week and a half's worth of just feeling pleasant, feeling like we're back, you know? Mario's (laughs) back, baby. He had a good movie, pretty good movie this year, and the best game, in my opinion, that he's had in well over a decade. Um. Good yeah, you, and that Mario. includes Odyssey. You I went there. A tiny pat I'll on go your there. Back. Yeah, uh, I started playing that game. It, it is fun. I do like it. All right, my number one is the movie Talk to Me, um, directed wow. by the Philippu Brothers. Um, probably pronouncing their names wrong, but um, what was they had a YouTube like Raka Raka? I think was their YouTube channel. Yeah, but uh, I love a good horror movie, especially one that's original and not based off any existing IP. I saw this one also at the Sundance Film Festival, and I just don't think I've been 
that like viscerally affected by a movie in a very long time. Like I just felt waves of horror and fear and like fun. I just loved it. Like I just had such a good time and felt lost in it. When I saw it again in theaters, I still really liked it, but it wasn't the exact same. But um, that first experience watching it just was probably my like number one media experience of the year. So I'm going with that. Nice. Absolutely. All right. We made our top 10. Thank we you guys it. for listening. I'm going to throw out my honorable mentions, but they'll be fast because you don't need to describe them at all. I'm really into Fargo season five right now. The One Piece live action. Me and Mike went to WWE, and that was really fun. <laughs> oh, I, I went to Cincinnati for a Bengals game. Killers of the Flower Moon, important movie. The Spider-Verse, the Squid Game, The Challenge, and the final season of Barry. Honorable mentions All right. for me. Nice. You guys want to okay. throw any out? You got any? Nah, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. And Taylor Swift, Dayton, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> All right. When I'm making goals and resolutions at the beginning of a new year, I find the thing that helps me the most to make sure I complete my goal is to put a tool in place that'll help me day by day as I work on that goal. And if you're thinking about learning a new language in 2024, Babbel is that tool for you. Babbel is a science-backed language learning app that actually works. We all know that immersion is the best way to learn a new language, but Babbel is definitely the second best. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tours or waste hours on apps that don't actually help you speak that language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. For me, I've always wanted to learn new languages. I know Portuguese. I speak Spanish pretty well. But I'm thinking about learning French, too, and Babbel's really helped me kickstart that learning process. I'm excited to try even harder in 2024 using Babbel to learn French and be fluent when I'm hanging out with my French friends. So here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tooth. You get 55% off at babbel.com tooth, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tooth. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right. Most overrated thing of 2023. Uh, I'm going to go with celebrities. I may have said this before, too. I just kind of am sick of like celebrity culture and celebrities and people caring what celebrities think. I will say like my actual overrated thing is something very political that I'm not going to talk about on the podcast. But celebrities is what I settled on. I don't know. I just don't. I kind of just feel like. The age of caring what rich celebrities think is should be over if it's not already over. So sure. that's what I'm going with. Yeah. Mine is uh, F1, specifically Max Verstappen <laughs> winning like oh, literally every so race. I'm so tired of Max Verstappen. So I kind of just like started dabbling into getting into F1 kind of seriously, like following it and watching it. But every single week, it's Max. He wins every time. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, I know something is wrong with this sport. It's such either a that or season. everybody else like sucks. And do you know what really hammered it home for me? And this is really unfair on my part, but watching the movie Gran Turismo, some like game, if, mm-hmm. if the story can be believed, some dude playing a video game in his room, all of a sudden is like winning meaningful races, yeah. just getting put in a real car a couple months later. I think F1 and race car driving in general is an overrated talent. Really quick, before I sound like too much of a Grinch, I want to go back on mine and just say, 
I do really like a lot of like celebrities because I love movies, but I'm just talking about like celebrity culture, like the whole worship mm. of celebrities that I sure. think is overrated. Okay. Sorry. Check out Jeff. Wes's cameo at. That's not, I don't see myself <laughs> as a celebrity. I'm just joking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had the Kardashians just cause I feel like they're pretty played out. Yeah. I don't know though. I I'm kind of thinking I'm going to switch it to seagulls. Okay. I do seagulls. Go yeah. seagulls. Seagulls yeah. because I just think for common birds, I'd much rather see so many other types of, like, I like crows more. I like magpies more. I like pigeons more. For, like, a big common bird, seagulls I just don't think are that cool, and I think people like seagulls a lot. Yeah. I like seagulls. I think that's a good pick because I think everyone agrees with you on your other pick, so I like I like yeah. seagulls. That's a good I'm answer. glad you aren't with them. Yeah. yeah. I agree. All right. What are you most excited for in pop culture in 2024? Uh, I have two things. I couldn't pick between the two. The Furiosa movie, which is like the... uh, I know. Oh, it's going to be so good. (laughs) Which is like the Mad Max prequel, the Mad Max Fury Road prequel. George Miller directed. Love that he uses like tons of practical stunts and effects. Uh, I love the casting. Have you seen Babe? I have. It's great. Babe's a good movie. I will I'll not abide any slander to Babe. Yeah. And I, I think for me, like Mad Max, the one that came out in 2015, Fury Road, was one of my favorite movies of the decade. So I just can't wait for this next one. And then my second choice is something I know very little about, but I know that there's a planned um, animated movie about the writers of Rohan called War of the Rohirrim. Oh. Um, and that's supposedly coming out in 2024. I'm really excited to see some animated Tolkien come out. So that's the other thing I'm really looking forward to. Nice. Uh, just to clear something up real quick, uh, George Miller directed the Babe sequel, yeah, Pig in the City. Also a pretty good movie. Pretty yeah. good. <laughs> but the first one was Chris Noonan, which is great. Oh, okay. Great movie. Uh, I'm looking my forward bad. to Dune Part 2. Those are was like oh, yeah. my big favorite books when I was little. I loved the Dune books. Even, I mean... It's kind of sacrilegious to say, but Dune was part of my life even before Lord of the Rings stuff was really happening in my brain. So that's something that'll that's all right. Hopefully, deliver. Also, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, favorite game, getting remade. It's looking amazing. Have a good time. Have a have a good time with it. <laughs> mine was Dune Part Two as well. It was probably mine last year, and then they pushed it back a year. Yeah. But yeah. then they greenlit Dune Messiah. Messiah, Messiah, Messiah. I heard yeah. too. Dennis Villanueva. Yeah, Villanueva. Uh, and <laughs> Denis. Yeah. So that's mine. I don't, know. I All don't right. have anything else. Yeah, even Maybe the trailer the for the second part game. was like one of my favorite things of the year. Well, great. I feel like we've rambled about we've stuff rambled. we like for a while. Yeah. Let's do what's next for Tooth and Claw going yeah. forward. Okay. Our final category. Uh, uh-huh. There's a lot. Up, upcoming for us we've got three trips on the docket hoping to do more so we've got borneo in may we've got kenya in august and we've got zimbabwe botswana in october um we are planning on getting into video soon so keep your eyes peeled for that more youtube content we haven't uh, done anything to get there but we do want yeah, to do we it. really want to do it and we've been recording our sessions <laughs> we have so a few videos posted there and people are liking them so okay yeah. cool i didn't even uh know. 
we're hoping to put out extra episodes every month. We want to start getting to where we're almost like a weekly podcast. A really big thing coming up this year is we are going to do the Treadwell story. I'll commit to doing the Treadwell story in 2024. So you have my word that we will get to that. I think that's our most requested story. Uh, what else? What else do we got? Anything? I mean, people are going to keep dying by animals, so we'll keep telling yeah. you about it. Yep. Uh, we promise assume. to remain friends. The three of us will stay friends. Me and Jeff have to because we're to brothers. That. You okay. never know what some of these mini golf games get pretty heated. And there's just some they stuff do. that like like the lasagna. Mike's mom died after making it, so now I can never try her lasagna. So like I'm, I don't know if I'll You're ever still get holding over. on to that. Yeah, yeah. It was so right. good, Jeff. Oh, oh man. <laughs> you think you're worse. sad. You think you're sad that my mom died. Imagine me. That lasagna I, was good. He tasted you it. You at least ate it all. I know. Yeah. Yeah. He imagine me. Missing out I'd do it now. again. Imagine uh, me. I didn't even get to try it. I don't want to imagine yeah. what it's like to be you. I think those are the main <laughs> things coming up for us, but we're really excited for a new year. We had an amazing 2023. Our podcast has grown so much this year. Our community has grown. I think for me this year, the thing that like really was the You've shining. grown. I haven't grown. Well, maybe wider, helped, but not <laughs> Ooh, taller. Yeah. Horizontally. The thing, That's humorous. I'm trying to be sincere for a second here, but the, the thing that really mattered to me, like the thing that really floated to the surface this year for Tooth and Claw was I just realized how cool our listeners are. We get lots of messages from you guys. We have a really cool community on Discord and our Patreon family. And not only do we have some, like a lot of listeners, but our listeners are cool. Like you guys ask us cool questions. You tell us really interesting things about your lives. Uh, you share with us how the podcast has affected your lives. And it's been really meaningful to me personally. I, I feel like I have thousands of friends out there, tens of thousands, hundreds think, of thousands of friends. And it, it, it's really neat. Do you think any of our listeners are, have like murdered someone and gotten away with it? I mean, statistically, they have. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So, so that listener's cool. not very cool. No, <laughs> maybe they. Uh, maybe if it was like yeah. a good reason. Yeah, We're just painting with blanket broad statement. Yeah, but like uh, the guy was like killing so many sharks every year or something. And so he just what? I don't understand. Like the guy, he, he killed him because he was oh, killing way it. too many sharks. Yeah, maybe we can just picture that for our murderer listener. <laughs> but you're uh, cool. Yeah, I guess. I guess you're cool now. <laughs> um, but honestly, guys, thank you. It, I don't think any of the three of us pictured this kind of growth from this little podcast that we started ourselves. And this has been our biggest year by far. And it it's changed all three of our lives. So thank you so much. Truly. I mean and that like from the bottom of my heart. Yeah. Thank you so much. We like I love our silly sense of humor together, but I also love like Wes is just encyclopedia of knowledge about animals. So like, to me, it's something I could pretty much do for free is talk about this stuff with you guys. But totally. it's just really cool to me that people enjoy the same things that I do. Yeah, enough to like support us, which is amazing. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we mean it yeah, when we say I mean, we love you. 2024, our goal is to pass Rogan. Yeah, we want to be. That's that's <laughs> it. Dog. We, yeah, yeah, we want we want to be top dog, exactly. Alphas. Yeah. <laughs> if exactly. we pass them, we're all alphas. <laughs> Mike, you got anything to add? Just that it's nice to, it's sad that it took a podcast like this 
kind of on a bigger stage than it really needs to to find acceptance out there. But uh, again, I kind of referenced it a little bit earlier in the episode, but I've always felt a little bit like an outsider you know, when it comes to things that I've, I'm interested in what I get up to in my personal life. And every time yeah. I bring something up, people leave comments and share their stories about being interested and into the same things that I am. And I just think that's like, it was a really cool affirmation. Um, and again, like you don't need kind of messages from other people all across the world to tell you that like you're valid, but, um, right. It's just, that's what I felt first and foremost is, what I'm grateful for. And, uh, that's because of all you listeners, you guys are the best. Do you like animals yet, Mike? <laughs> I'm getting there. Some of them less <laughs> than others, but yeah. Uh, when, also when, I when went you're... from zero fantasy football friends to over a <laughs> hundred this year yeah, on man, just true. Patreon. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I gotta it's get kind of on funny. there and message you guys. When your pop culture pick is succession, your funnel doesn't have to be very big to find people <laughs> that feel the same way as you. But when it's like the shock wall outlets or whatever it was, then like you wall do have to underscores. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great album. Go listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, guys. We truly do love you. And we're really excited to bring you more episodes in 2024. Bigger and better than yeah. ever. Love you guys. See Happy you. New Year. Bye. Whether you're in a relationship, single, or recently heartbroken, you could be navigating some tough stuff. And it really can be challenging to do this on your own. We all need help when it comes to our relationships, very specifically, our love lives. I'm Jillian, and each week on my podcast, Jillian on Love, I share skills on how to strengthen our relationships, how to build a stronger sense of self, and how to heal heartbreak and choose better partners. Learn how to start making change today and search for Jillian on Love wherever you're listening now.